From the New South Wales Aboriginal Land Council, this is the A Cuppa and a Yarn podcast. Hello and welcome to A Cuppa and a Yarn from the New South Wales Aboriginal Land Council. I'm Michelle Alexandrovics Lovegrove and uh, I'm here today speaking with Melissa Williams, who is the CEO of the Gandangara Local Aboriginal Land Council. Melissa, thank you very much for having a yarn with me today. Thanks for having me, Michelle. We do want to talk about, you know, your work because that's uh, such an important and driving force of your life at the moment, but your life, of course, is a whole lot more than that. So can I ask you to start with, is, uh, who's your mob? Yeah, I'm from the Borden Gordon family, which is uh, located up in northern New South Wales, near mm-hmm. Bayugal, mm-hmm. um, out near the Yugal Bar Station. So I'm Bandalum. And you're in Sydney at the moment. You've been in Sydney for a while, haven't you? Been in uh, lovely Western Sydney for many decades, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> right at the border of Genangara. You're currently CEO of Gandangara Local Aboriginal Land Council and how long has that been? We're talking in 2020, we're still in COVID-19 restrictions, just for anyone listening. You've been at the LARC for what, a couple of years now, is it? feels like that, but <laughs> I joined the 20th of August 2018. It's been a fabulous journey, being part of a rapidly growing organisation, smack bang in the part of the largest urban population of Aboriginal people in the country mm. out in Greater Western Sydney. Can you tell us just a little bit about uh, Gandangara Local Aboriginal Land Council itself? Well, we have the parent organisation, which is Gandangara Local Aboriginal Land Council, and part of, so as a parent company, we have a number of entities as well. We have a Gandangara Health Service, which is our family practice and medical practice, and we have a number of doctors and nurses and health practitioners and clinicians and specialists and we're servicing a very big population out here in Greater Western Sydney. We also have a health brokerage service and that uh, you know works with our community and specifically around social and emotional wellbeing needs and requirements. We also have a transport service so in the middle of this pandemic we are essential services so we've remained open and business as usual being front and centre for our community. It's a very stressful time for everyone and especially Australia's first people and we're only too happy to help. Wow that's really interesting hearing you also talk about being front and centre and that transport service we cover six local government areas that we also service uh, beyond that as well. And we've, uh, the, you know, we go from Bankstown right out to Southern and Shire, we're the largest landholder in the Southern and Shire. Mm. So it's a, a lot of ground to cover, but we also have great partnerships within southwestern Sydney. So we have uh, patient transport as well as community transport. And so that keeps us really busy with a number of bus um, services that we operate in and around our jurisdiction and beyond and keeps us busy. We also use that service to uh, deliver to our most vulnerable segments and uh, a recent initiative is our food boxes that we've been delivering to um, our elders and vulnerable groups in the 50 and 70 plus age, age range. They look fantastic bright, colourful, fruit and veggies, 
and lots of them. Yeah, well, I, I think this social isolation is really hard with a, an Aboriginal community that mm. is an oral-based culture and is used to gathering with a number of its own communities, right? Mm. So people are under stress and it's causing a lot of emotional, physical, financial and, 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 and stress like that. So if we can be there in a small way to help people uh, get the basic necessities, uh, then we'll, we'll be here for them. So we're just asking people to put their hand up and our service will be here to support them in a, in a real and practical way. So, of course, you know, with the, the checkered timeline and the, the, the gap statistics, which uh, we all know is widening in so many areas, mm. uh, we wouldn't be surviving past 50. So, I guess fresh food, food and veg is, is part of the staple. So, if we can, as I said, if we can be there in a small way, um, we're happy to help. Now, if anybody wants an, an idea of what that might have looked like, Ganangara is very active on social media and also on Facebook. So you can go to Gandangara Local Aboriginal Land Council and you'll see all sorts of interesting things being posted there, including those photos of the production line, you know, getting the elders' boxes together, taking them out and uh, distributing them. We interact with our elders and community on a day-to-day basis and we always are there to provide a listening ear mm. and I love I love the yarn. <laughs> we were just having a bit of a yarn with um, some of our elders and they said, look, um, we think this would uh, be something that uh, the community would really need at this time. So through that process, uh, we started to put together food boxes and... Uh, it's been a hit ever since. It's about Ganangara Local Aboriginal Land Council being able to help in a real practical way and support our community in the way that they need it. If you need some decent food, put your hand up and we'll bring it to you. <laughs> yeah, and, but if you're young still and that's 50 plus, you know, to the 70, 70 um, age range, well, you can come and collect it from our transport depot so you just have to ring us 9602 5280 and there'll be some on the other end. Wow so you're still doing those care boxes? Absolutely and we, we, we actually um, send a form out and um, you know put a small price around if they wanted uh, regular delivery so we're just getting feedback from the community as we speak. I think for us it was really not just about delivering the, the, the care boxes but checking in we could only do that if we sent out our own people. And I think that was really important so we could see for ourselves do they need anything and just um, say hello and obviously practising all the social distancing and the infection control procedures. So we've got that down to a back, being an essential health service and, and, and transport service. So we just needed to check in and to see if they were okay. And we also encourage people if, if, if they you know, need, need someone to talk to or they're feeling lonely, scared or confused, just, just put your hand, hand up and we'll be a listening ear and we'll be here. Mm. So that's what we're sort of saying is you need some help, we're open for business. Now, I know you've got quite a, you know, a large team working across you know, a variety of areas, including the whole health services area as well, but with what you were mentioning before, 
about fruit and vegetable and care boxes being more than a care box, being much more than a care box. It's about social connection. It's about sussing out our very, very treasured elders to make That's sure right. that, that they're okay and not asking for any details with it. Through that process, though, are you actually aware of then identifying some elders who actually weren't really tracking so well? Absolutely. I mean, to be in scenarios where you can't visit the grandkids or, you know, the extended family, your friends, that, yeah. that's really, really hard. And they're feeling quite upset and a sense of loneliness because they, they just can't get out or they can't take any visitors. So just in a small way for us to be there and provide that social emotional support, they've been very appreciative of that. And how does it work for the person providing the support? Oh, the, the, the amount of energy that they're coming back with, it's a real feel-good scenario. It's helped them appreciate their own role and their purpose and it's really helped keep their spirit strong. So that's what it's all about. It's, you know, we're, we're an organisation where we open the doors to the community. We're here for the members in the broader community and we're a family, we're here to uh, create a sense of, help create a sense of belonging, connection, um, to facilitate journey, to enable people to have the energy to be strong spiritually, you know, to find their way back, to celebrate where they're from, to help them reclaim who they, who they already are mm. and know they are. That's what we're here for as a land council. We're a strong member organisation, you know, we were established in 1983, so we have a strong cultural base, uh, we've got a strong moral compass, we're financially independent and we're sitting in wonderful southwestern Sydney. You're listening to A Cuppa and A Yarn from the New South Wales Aboriginal Land Council. I'm Michelle Alexandrovix Lovegrove and I'm speaking with Melissa Williams, who's the CEO of the Ganangara Local Aboriginal Land Council uh, in Western Sydney. It's a pretty big footprint we're covering mm. and it's got some wonderful iconic sites in it, including um, the new airport. We have an opportunity to link all our tracks and create a wonderful cultural tourism story and a different narrative to share with the world, the ancient culture and the oldest surviving culture in the world, which I keep mentioning quite a lot. That sounds like a pretty major project. You know, we're, we're headquartered in Liverpool mm-hmm. and State Land Council were there uh, many, many years ago. Yes. And it's not too far from the uh, Badgeroos Creek, as you, as you know, and that's where we have an urban hub because uh, it's shaping to be an innovation precinct. We've had a lot of investment into the hospital and the redevelopment of uh, Westfield and it's the university's moved in there, uh, Western Sydney University. So it's shaping up as a real innovation hub and we're playing a role in that as well. When you talk about linking our tracks, are you talking about, firstly, the peoples of your area, but linking them with the tracks of other people? And I'm talking about sort of uh, either non-Indigenous communities or or non-Indigenous businesses. First and foremost, it's the acknowledgement of the traditional custodians. And part of honouring and acknowledging that is to ensure that every 
special place. Every part of the, the jurisdiction that we're on is signposted in language. So that tells a story. Now, part of the beauty of the footprint we're in is we're encouraging many different uh, diverse nations from across Aboriginal society to uh, come, and, come and visit and for those who reside to be part of the ambassadorship of, and, and, and being able to, to be an ambassador of, of, of those stories when they translate to the broader population. So we're here for all communities. Mm. Whether it be Aboriginal or non-Aboriginal, it's about sharing country. Aboriginal society is multicultural. There are so many diverse families, clans and countries all mm. over Australia. Every family in every country has a story to tell. There's so many beautiful parts and special places within our footprint. And to be custodians and to be able to share those stories, not just sharing country for the locals, but to the broader community and to the world, that's cultural tourism mm. and that's leadership and that's being able to start having a new conversation, changing the narrative, because that's Australia's unique identity just there. Even though this pandemic is something we haven't really seen in years, this has actually forced us to really look at, well, what is leadership? And we've seen that through uh, how the pandemic's been managed and how we're responding. And first peoples are resilient people anyway in terms of responding. That's why business as usual. I really think when you talk about meaningful relations, it's about accountability. It's about accountability to the people of this country to express all of our history and to recognise our whole history. Because once we acknowledge that, then we can move forward together. Because that's having accountability. It's also talking about, well, how do we feel in the partnership? And if we equalise the partnership, then we're going to feel better about things. We're going to be more honest, more cooperative, have better relationships, better communication if we do that together. Because we need everybody. And we are sharing countries. But to do it in a genuine way means we've got to be honest. So with that being leadership, how does that leadership then, you know, let, well, if we bring it back to a Lauk and Lauk membership level, a leader says these things... It's about leading by example. Yeah. It's about walking the talk, mm. modelling behaviour. When behaviour is not right, it's about calling it out. Because to get an attitude change, we've got to change behaviour. And mm. if we change behaviour and start moving towards more accountability in the partnership and moving towards a more, you know, equalised scenario, then we're going to get better outcomes. Mm. And we'll and, and in order to do that, we've got a united community. And it, it's not just about uniting from an Aboriginal perspective. It's uniting in the broader community to say, you know, we care about our homeland. We care about this continent. We care about Australia and we care about our own backyard. And how we behave in our own backyard determines how we can move forward as a people. And in our own backyard and, and the closest we can get to home, I think, and I've thought of this a couple of times when you were talking then, is, you know, by caring about our own backyard, we had to care about, especially across this time but always, caring about our health as well. 
caring about each other and, yeah. you know, checking on one another and, you know, saying hi to the neighbour and uh, starting simple things like the community food packages, mm. um, market gardens, having a strong spiritual base, caring about country, that it starts with our own backyards and that having a look at our own behaviour and, and, and how we play in the world and where we stand. And uh, I think part of that, which I discovered completely by accident the other day when I went to your Facebook, Mindful in May, uh, Social Emotional um, Wellbeing, I don't know, is it a course? You know, activities people can do every day? Yes, we always think about those who are socially isolated. So we're coming up with initiatives with our um, health services team and, and Maramali and uh, this one's Mindful in May. So it's a number of exercises you can do each day really get yourself through the pandemic and have a support emotionally and you know for your own well-being and being mindful of um you know the different things you can do to keep in touch and not feel so isolated melissa as far as the lark is, is concerned the larks continue to stay in business you've kept your doors open you're delivering food packages, you're doing great stuff online and your, your, your health services is open and giving flu shots too, is that right? We're going to be doing a TikTok soon. On, Are on, you? Um, <laughs> keep you with your flu shot. <laughs> oh, serious? Uh, we'll have to check that one out. Now, have you had your flu shot? Yes, I have. Good. And because, again, it's about leading by example. So mm. we know it's coming up to um, the flu season, particularly around... Um, May, June and July. Yeah. So we, we think it's important for our community to make sure that uh, they get their shot. But yeah. what we're also doing is making sure from a restriction point of view that we continue to follow the strict uh, infection control procedures. We, we have implemented split teams. Mm. So we always have a, a backup. So if anyone was to contract COVID-19, then we would have a backup team so that, you know, we'd have business continuity mm. to, to make sure that happens. And, you know, we continue with the sanitizers, the gloves, the, the masks as well, and and obviously the cleaning becomes, um, you know, something that we do regularly throughout the day. A lot going on, hey, isn't there? It is a lot going on, and but, but it sort of seems natural for us because... We would do that anyway, quite family. Melissa, thank you so much for sparing this time. And I know you're a very, very busy person. I really appreciate it. Maybe we can reconnect, you know, if, if you're willing, with a podcast again when we're on the other side, when restrictions are lifted and things have sort of entered another. I don't want to say go back to normal because I, I think there's big question marks about, about that now. I mean, w- would you agree that uh, normal might look a bit differently a bit different for all of us on the other side? We've found um, so many different ways to use technology through this process. So, you know, we were doing telemedicine, but we definitely have a stronger presence in the virtual world. Mm. And we've been utilising technology a lot to um, also keep in contact. Mm. But there's a lot of innovations as well and business efficiencies that we have discovered through the process of um, COVID-19. And can I say, I am so impressed with the team at Janangara. I'm so proud every time I walk in the door. So I have to actually thank the team here 
uh, right across Genangara, the local Aboriginal Land Council, our Maramali team, our Genangara Transport team and our Genangara Health Service. So it's just a pleasure to work with them every day. They absolutely care about what they do and I think it shows in the delivery of the service. Everything we do, we want to centre around our membership because we're here for the membership and mm. for our community. We can't forget the purpose of why we're here. We really want to assist our community to be strong in spirit. And in order to do that, we have a great board who are absolutely committed to see this organisation advance culturally and from a socioeconomic outcomes perspective as well. It's been an extraordinary time. It continues to be. And you're speaking so very strongly uh, months into this. And, uh, you know, I can, I can only imagine the sorts, of, um, the sorts of issues that had to be faced fearlessly across this time. So for yourself, probably heading into the next three months, because I think we're going to see change, quite a few changes back again, what does the next three months look like for you? The next three months will be the same as, as what we've got now, because the recovery on this is about five years from an uh, economy perspective. Mm -hmm. So people need to be thinking about, well, five years down the track. Yes, exactly. So what, what we will be doing in the next three months is the same things we're doing now uh, because we don't want to see spikes in cases to an already vulnerable community that we, that we have out here. But because we're practising strong infection control procedures, just like our partners, the cases are minimised. So our three months will be more of the same. Again, business of, as usual. Um, looking at innovation for the things that we're doing, we're getting excited about launching our website in NADOC. Mm -hmm. Oh, good. Um, which, you know, will, will provide a story about all the things that we're doing. And we're looking forward to uh, just rolling out some of our big, big projects. We're doing a refresh of our 103 North Street um, head, headquarters in Liverpool. Uh -huh. So that's a big, big uh, project to do the refurb over there because... At 64 Macquarie Street, we've expanded so much in health that it's uh, a health precinct. So we'll be making sure we're also expanding our cultural and heritage and land management um, section. We'll have research hub and a library over there where we call it our, uh, our knowledge bank and creating a more, more of a community hub over at uh, 103 North Street. All right. Well, I'm definitely going to come down and say g'day. Excellent. Thank you very much, Melissa. Thank you. You can do Nayania Baria, Nayania Manania, Manania, Manania.